Hello and welcome back to another episode of Fitness Behind the Filter. Oh, you good? Something? It just said something about not recording. No, I think it said it is recording. Oh, and <laughs> I just already started talking. It continue. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to another episode of Fitness Behind the Filter with me, Haley Irwin. Um, today we have another guest and we have TM Cycles. Hello, how are we? I'm good. How are you? Good, not too bad, thank you. It's all that bit where we pretend we haven't just spoken. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> um, so I wanted to get Tom on the podcast today because um, I'm sure you follow him and he has spoken a lot about um, mental health over the lockdown period and um, more recently in terms of journaling. So I just wanted to go over um, his journey, how his, like all of that, how it got into, how he got into bodybuilding prep um and now his decision to step away from that and how mental health has impacted that mm-hmm. um so how did you first get into bodybuilding fitness that sort of stuff it was uh it was like my fascination for it's, it always sounds a bit cringy but it's my fascination for kind of the bigger guys in films mm-hmm. so like in particular i remember watching bronson in tom, tom hardy i think he's famous for uh famous for kind of bulking up and, and shredding down it was just kind of that I saw him in one film looking like this and now he looks like that. It's like, what, what, what's, what's happened here? Mm-hmm. And then I remember going to work with my dad once and going to WH Smith's and I saw like a, a bodybuilding magazine and it was Dorian Yates on the front. And it was like the first time where the, the action figures that I used to play with, I sort of saw in real life as actual humans. So it was from that, it was from that kind of young age, but I didn't really start actual bodybuilding until around about sort of 2012 when I met Luke Johnson at uh, Lewisham College. I kind of went back to my roots and did a year-long apprenticeship in personal training. It was at that time where the kind of fascination for the scientific aspect of training and nutrition supplementation uh, came to fruition, and, and it was from there. So, yeah, since 2012, really, and then, and then started competing uh, a couple of years later as a junior, and it was, it was at that time where I started looking into and taking anabolic steroids as well for this kind of journey that, that I was setting out. And, uh, yeah, so that was... It was around about 2012, I suppose, I started. So almost 10 years ago now. Yeah, literally, yeah, yeah. Do you feel like you achieved what you wanted to achieve from bodybuilding? Yeah, definitely. And I think in particular this this year kind of capped it off for me, which was, you know, I I, uh, I competed back in 2019 in a body power show, which was just sort of more so for clout than actual bodybuilding. It seems that I've done competitions for almost the wrong reason a lot of the time. And this was the first year it was like, right, we've got a coach on board, Callum Raystrick. I don't know if you're aware of who he is. He's just a, a phenomenal coach and, and mentor and tutor. And uh, we sort of really kind of dug in for this one. And, you know, the whole series is like retribution and redemption from previous preps. And we set out to do that. And uh, yeah, I kind of, I, I finished almost on a high. I, I finished happy. Mm-hmm. What was the difference in your mentality going into this prep? There was a, it was, I, 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 honestly, I did feel a lot of pressure and there was a huge amount of self-doubt. There was, there was self-doubt up until the first show and even to the point where I got off stage and, and coach Tom showed me some pictures and, and it was the first time I was like, oh my God, I actually looked half decent because you're, I think you're always your previous physique. Like in my head throughout this whole prep, I was like still this kind of stringy looking 80 kilo bodybuilder from Body Power in 2019. Even though I was seeing the scale weight of like 89, 90, it just didn't make sense. So there's a huge amount of self-doubt, there's a huge amount of pressure. 
not only from myself, but also as a kind of, I didn't want to let my, I don't really like calling them followers or fans because it kind of depicts that I'm above them. I'm not, we're all, we're all, we're all equal, but it, yeah. I didn't want to let them down because I felt like a lot of them kind of backed me in previous preps and I, and I did let them down. So yeah, there was a huge amount of uh, pressure going into this, but it, you know, pardon like the excuse, the, the cringy motivational quotes pressure makes diamonds right and uh it was yeah of course yeah yeah and uh mentally psychologically i think the last four months have been very taxing but i'm a big firm believer in 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 if you can kind of get through those those bumps in the road it just makes you so much more stronger as an individual so uh yeah it's been it's been tough it's been taxing things outside of bodybuilding things outside the stage have made it a lot a lot more difficult Mm -hmm. but again you know you if you can cope and kind of come out the end of that then uh then, then props to you. Do you think that um, bodybuilding and prep helped you through those times that were difficult away from stage? Because I think mm. it's it's no secret that you almost become emotionally numb at some points and it can mm. actually be a lot easier to mask the problems, which I think is a lot of people do with bodybuilding, mm. um, whether people like to admit that or not. Do you think that, that you did that at all? Hugely. I'm a very routine-orientated person. And, and when situations occur outside of of the kind of work or bodybuilding lifestyle i need that that regime otherwise i'm I'm gone you know and and uh i've been in similar, in similar situations before where i've come back from a holiday and i've gone into just completely nothing and there's no you know you kind of go from this very very strict monotonous routine and you go away somewhere and come back and it's gone my head is, is completely scrambled so mm-hmm. bodybuilding kind of i remember callum saying when i was kind of going through stuff he was like i don't want you to kind of get too deep into the whole bodybuilding side of things and mask it because there needs to be that element of, right, this has happened. I actually need to accept it and I need to go through it, but it would, it, it definitely helped. Yeah. It definitely helped. And just, just overall expenditure and lifting weights from a kind of psychological mental health aspect is so powerful and you feel it, you know, I haven't been in the gym for four or five days cause I've been quarantining and, and, and by the fourth or fifth day, you kind of think, Oh, I feel a little bit low here. I've got into the gym exerted some energy and then it's like bang those those endorphins are releasing you're kind of you're, you're back i think endorphins sort of become our normal as well especially when mm. you're training like two three times a day or whatever it is like in a prep scenario yeah um and like you say having that routine of right i've, I've got to get this done it can mm. obviously be really beneficial mm. so over the first lockdown period mm most of us didn't have access to gyms and I know that you were no exception to that. Mm. How did you find that mentally? Because I know that you posted a little bit about struggling at that point. Yeah. And that was the first time, I don't know whether that's the first time that I was aware of it or if I remember that would be the first time that I saw you spoke, speak about mental health. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've, I think I've spoken about mental health previously in particular, the sort of pressure on, on, I don't like to call myself an influencer, but like in particular, the kind of pressures from, from us like in the industry it doesn't have to be necessarily an influencer, just an online coach or someone with a social media presence. So yeah, I've, I've spoken openly about that before. And I think with my mum being a, a psychiatric nurse, it's always been, it's always been there. So kind of even just as, as a, as a kid kind of picking it up on, on meetings or visits, it's that, that has always, that's always been there. So it's been quite nice at times to actually, if, if you are going through some form of t- tough patch to ha- you know, have my mum there as a, you know, a, a, an experienced person. Mm-hmm. So it was like a case of, well, I can, I can then relay that to other people that don't have that, that beauty to kind of speak. 
So I've always kind of dipped in and out of it, but I think in particular this last year and a half with, with what's going on, just in, in general day-to-day life, my form of almost therapy when I don't want to speak to friends and family is turning the camera on and speaking to YouTube or speaking to Instagram. And, and that always gets a good response because it's, it's relatable and, and, you know, everyone's going through fucking shit, right? Like mm. everyone has issues. Everyone's got demons. And uh, yeah, so I've, I've been, I've, I've enjoyed quite openly speaking about, it. but yeah, that first lockdown, no gym, no, no access to a gym at all. I think very, everyone was very, very scared at that point. And then as the sort of second and third lockdown, more gym owners like, well, you can come if you want. And then the whole yeah. kind of using, using the gym as content creation because it was my line of work. So yeah, the first lockdown was, was horrendous. What would you say got you through that lockdown? And did I, that I, have any impact on why you decided to prep? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, my physique just complete. I, I remember I started, I think like a mini cut and, uh, and, and just because I, I was in an off season, I'd started with cow and, I was a little bit scared because business dropped off a little bit. So I said to Cal, look, just from a financial perspective, mate, I'm going to have to hold off until we can get back into the gym. So I, I started mini cutting, but then without that proper resistance training, I just sort of felt like I was turning into this skinny fat kind of uh, physique. And I remember, I remember a point just saying like, let's just chill. Let's just use, uh, let's just use this lockdown, however many weeks or months it's going to be just to you know, read and relax. And for the first time in a long time, I did do that. You know, I just did a bit of training, a bit of hit. I got a hill near mine, did some expenditure. But from a food perspective, I was just eating what I wanted. And, and it, was, it, was, it was almost nice. But it got to the point whereby, again, referring to that routine and that regime, I needed it. And, and, the, second, and you know, the second we got let out, I was back on the phone to Cal. And we had a very, very productive off-season. Fantastic. It was with Josh and Joe, all of us together. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was good fun. Do you think that your ability to speak about mental health, like even when you're in a negative place um, has come from your childhood and being able to talk about that with your mum and being aware of it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, yeah, I think that definitely has, a, has an impact. And I think my friendship group is, is, is very open too. You know, a lot of us, we went to IB for like a year and a bit ago and like by day three, we were just like a complete, mess all of us and we just started getting really emotional and started talking about what's going on and it was the first time we were like fucking hell boys why haven't we done this before so ever since that that was like a turning point a couple of years ago and ever since now we just put it into the group chat and what's up is everyone sweet you know a couple of the guys are going through some certain stuff and and uh, I think it's becoming more acceptable to talk about you know if you are receiving therapy or you're seeking help it's and it's fantastic it's fantastic I think especially for, for us men in particular we bottle up so much like, and that's not just within kind of mental health, but that's issues within relationships. And, and you know what happens when you sit on that, it explodes and it gets nasty. So yeah, yeah I'd say, I'd say growing up and uh, kind of watching my dad go through certain issues as well and, and kind of him speaking to me and me speaking to him and having that network and that support bubble whereby it, it's fine. It, it, it's, it has been massively beneficial for me. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's amazing. I think a lot of people, like you say, men in particular don't talk mm. about, mental health or mm. even like you say before it even gets to that point just those issues yeah. um and i think like from an influencer perspective or whatever you want to want to call yourself i think yeah. it, it can be quite hard that when you don't almost have an answer like i know i it, without you know being like okay right I'm, I'm struggling and actually i'm not entirely sure how to get out of this mm. i think there's there's quite a lot of responsibility to feel like you've got to be able to fix things 
Yeah. So I think it's it's brave to be able to talk about it, be like, you know what, I'm struggling and this is shit. But yeah. you know what, you're not alone. Yeah, hundred percent, one hundred percent. Um. So in terms of like the challenges that you faced during prep, do you think that mm. anything almost like swayed you off your goal, or did it just give you more incentive to? Yeah, it's very. Forward? Yeah, it's very. I think I've been in the industry now for coming kind of to ten years, so kind of any negativity at this point is always used as fuel to to light the fire a little bit more. And I remember creating like a doubt folder in my my photos, and I kind of collated all of the Instagram negative comments and YouTube comments. And at any point on the stairmaster, if I felt like quitting ten minutes early, or if I felt like having a little bit more food that I'm not supposed to, I just pull that doubt folder up, and it had such a a good impact on on you know look. Of course, we're, we're, we're ideally we're supposed to, to to kind of achieve these goals for ourselves and no one else and have that kind of fuck you mentality. But there's almost that there's always going to be that element of fuck you to them and, mm-hmm. and to stick two fingers up. And then kind of throughout the process, these comments just dropped off. And those very people that said you're not going to be in shape, you're not going to win a show, they're gone now. So mm-hmm. it was uh, it was a kind of it was a nice feeling. It was it was a nice feeling towards the end. But uh, yeah, how do you? Do you feel like the fact that you achieved so much this this season gave you fuel to step away? Or do you think that if you hadn't have achieved what you wanted to, do you feel like you would have been forced to like do another season and prove yourself? Yeah. Or it's a very good question and one that's hard to answer because I because I almost didn't didn't fail. Yes. But I think there'll be a part of me even if I didn't if I didn't place on the stage what was done with regard to my physique was still enough to kind of achieve that redemption that retribution so yeah I'd have still stepped away just because of how kind of tired I was from living from one extreme to the other you know off season to prep as much as we kind of say to ourselves that off season this chance for balance and to relax there's still situations whereby the boys would say do you want to go here and I'm like I've got legs Monday and if I go out Saturday, it's going to, you know, so that element's completely gone now. And even three, four weeks post show, I'm in a position whereby I'm, I'm, I still feel great psychologically, physically, the condition's okay. I'm drinking, I'm eating, I'm having a good time. I'm educating, I'm coaching. So yeah, I'm definitely enjoying this kind of this, this little patch and I very much, very much want to continue it in, in the future. Yeah, definitely. I think also when you've got friends outside of the bodybuilding world as well, like yeah. it, it makes it easier to step away in that in that respect. Absolutely, absolutely. And 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 I, I I still don't sort of really consider myself in the industry. I just sort of feel like I dip my toe in it. And you know, my my circle is very much out. So I've got, I've got very close friends in the industry. You know, likes of Josh, Joe, Callum, very very close uh, people to me. But you know that. I've only known them through my work, whereas the guys that I'm close with, I've known since I was a young, a young kid. Sorry, my, can I pause this? Is this all right? Yeah, of course. I think you might be the COVID police. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fine. Don't... Perfect. Yeah, there's no worries. Um, nothing worse than missing a delivery as well. Mm-mm. Okay, so I have no idea where I was. I'm just going to start again. That's fine. I, we, I think we were talking about friendship groups being outside of the fitness industry. Yeah. No, like and I do said, you think... I still... Go for it, go for it. Um, do you think that that's going to benefit you in this next chapter in terms of having that experience of, like you say, dipping your toe into the industry as opposed to being like absorbed in it, um, yeah. especially in relation to flow? Yeah, 100%. And, and also because I can kind of pull, not inspiration, but pull 
content in, in a way from my friendship group because they are sort of like gen pop in the sense that I can then, because they're so close, I can sort of say, what, what, as, as someone that wants to lose weight or gain muscle, what do you want to see? What would you, what, what do you struggle with when it comes down to food? Mm-hmm. What do you struggle with when it comes down to training? So having them there is, uh, is fantastic. Yeah. Um, can you talk a little bit about flow, what you're trying to achieve by that? Mm. Um, so it sounds flow, like- yeah. So flow originally, I mean, so I compete in classic bodybuilding and, and the word is always kind of thrown about with regard to kind of the way we pose and, and, and kind of hold ourselves. So I was like, if, if we can use the flow, an acronym, what can I, what can I use the F, air, water, and the O for? So I remember I got my book and I, and I sat down and I brainstormed. So it was like fitness, lifestyle and optimizing well-being. So it's very much a, a case of over the next few months kind of laying the foundations and, and creating quite a large survey to take on board as much information as possible from general population and what they struggle with when it comes down to nutrition, training, supplementation, and, and try and in, in, in a way educate them on diets and not have this approach that I think is in the fitness industry at the moment is my way or the highway. So I think these little pockets in these little groups in the fitness industry, just are constantly bad mouthing each other. And for someone that's stepping into the industry, it's, it's a very hostile situation to be in mm-hmm. because you're like this group saying that training method or modality doesn't work. This group say it does. So it's very much about understanding the individual understanding that this person works a nine to five. So this particular diet may work for them and, and this particular training split or style may work for them. Mm-hmm. So I very much want to tap into that and kind of incorporate the, the IIFYM style form of dieting and show that you can eat certain foods. We shouldn't demonize certain foods and incorporate a little bit from, from all the kind of heads in the, in the industry, you know, pull some inspiration from Joe Wicks in the way that he kind of covers food but at the same time educate people to calorie counting and macro tracking because it's all great having a chicken and chorizo salad but when you understand that joe wicks is saying have 200 grams of chorizo it's like well that's 100 grams of fat like we need to be we need to be yeah. that's your that's your calories done for the day mm. so uh, yeah just moving forward i very much want to kind of create an app and have a variety of different workouts for different types of people so you know businessmen and women if you've got sort of single mum, single dads and just have a build a, a huge database whereby people can tap in and out of it, have PDFs, have uh, cookbooks and uh, yeah, just really tap into that side of things. And it's exciting because I think with bodybuilding, you, you, it's a very, it's very narrow and you kind of back yourself into a corner mm. and you start work. And it's fantastic because the people that you're working with are very regimented and very right. But there needs to be a little bit more flexibility and I'm, I'm looking forward to people looking forward to working with people with that flexibility. Are you concerned about how your following might change or your branding, even like TM cycles is, you know, lends itself to anabolics. Are you concerned about changing that? Not really. I think cycles is, is, is still going to say, is still going to stay. And people still don't really know what it is. And, and a lot of people (laughs) cycles actually sounds like a bike. So that kind of, (laughs) if we can incorporate a bicycle into sort of flow, then, then it's, uh, then it's cool. But just if I were to look at the majority of my audience members anyway, sort of 75 to 80% of them are people that want to get fit, bulk up, but you know, um, it's not life or death for them. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them are your sort of guys and girls that like to go out, have a good time, go to Ibiza, go on holidays and things like that. So that's why I'm not really too concerned because you know, there's only a very small population that into that um, very regimented biomechanics 
side of bodybuilding so it's cool and um you know of course it is very scary switching it up but from a marketing perspective it, it, it's always fun to jump into something new and it and you know if if people drop off that's fine i can incorporate methods to get people on board so yeah it's nice it's almost nice to start again and refresh really and i think also you have never tried to put yourself across as a full-time bodybuilder no like, never. you have always been very open about going out going to ibiza obviously like yeah. the ibiza classic all of that sort of stuff like that's yeah. always been part of your branding so mm. i mean asking the question i kind of already knew the answer but mm. yeah i think it, it's it will be only be beneficial for you and, and like you say like going away now to places mm. like marbella and all of that sort of stuff it yeah. encourages people to buy into that i guess yeah of course and yeah it just it, it's, it's a simple case of me just switching it on doing like a full day of eating or doing a couple of videos like how to eat out whilst dieting mm. you know and that, and that just that's like oh shit yeah cool that that works and and you, you kind of you do you do you you cement yourself within that particular style and after a month or two it's in it's affirmed you're that you're this guy so yeah it's cool it's cool do you feel a sense of like responsibility to post when you're away because i know obviously like part of the reason that you posted online about marbella you were saying you know like i just need this break after after prep and all of that sort of stuff do you yeah. feel like you're ever actually able to get that break yeah, so it's a good question. And uh, yeah, so this, this, this trip was more of a, of a, a kind of holiday and, and not necessarily work. I'm going back out next Sunday for a week and that is to work, to train, to treat it as if I am here. So there was just a, I mean, it's not really any pressure because it's, what is it like five or 10 seconds to take a picture in an outfit and you upload like it. Mm. Yeah. It, it's not, I don't, it's not taxing. It's not, it's not draining to do, but uh yeah, I think there is that little kind of that that pressure to kind of almost feed into the ego. You're over there, you you know, your post show. People want to see you. The, the kind of almost the glitz and glam life. So there's a little bit of pressure. And, and when you don't, it's like you know, what's what's happened here? You know, I want to see you going out and having a drink, and I want to see you dancing and and whatnot with other people. So yeah, it's a little bit, but I, I kind of enjoy that. And and there's also an element of like. I'm working with brands that require posts. So mm. that's cool. And uh, yeah, it's not, I wouldn't say as much pressure and it's nice, you know, it's, it's very simple. I'm going out for some dinner. I'll take a picture. I'll tag the restaurant. It's, it's not, yeah, I can still relax. There's, there's however many hours of the day that I'm up and relaxing. That's just a very small segment. Yeah. And I think that's one of the biggest things actually is that when you do post even like snippets of your life online, people think mm. that's it. Mm. And they forget, like you say, that it takes 10 seconds to take a picture and they've got no yeah. idea what's going on actually yeah. in the wider realm of things. Yeah. Um, but they're so interested. Like, mm -hmm. I'm sure you would have had a lot of questions while you're out there. Yeah. And they're just, I feel like people sometimes think that they deserve to know what's going on in your life because 100%. Because of, because they think that they know you. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, like, no. I will completely put my hands up and say, like, because I've, I've followed you for ages, I feel like I do know you, but I don't. Yeah. And I yeah, think yeah, people, yeah. therefore, are like, well, why hasn't he talked about that? Why mm. hasn't he talked about that? Yeah, yeah, it's so true. It's so true. It, does, it gets my back up a little bit. This sort of the, uh, they're, they're in this position whereby they, they feel like they have the right to know what's happening in my personal life. And uh, even despite putting up a Q&A box and saying, can you please not ask about my relationship status? Mm. Bang. Why aren't you doing, who's this? Who's that? It's like, I've just literally said that. Like what's going on here to the point now where I'm so stubborn. I'll actually respond and say, did you not see that? Did you yeah. not see that? Oh, I didn't see it, mate. I didn't see it. I, like, I think you did see it. 
I think you did see it. But yeah, no, it, it's I love it. 99% of the time, I love it. And it's just 1%, 1% of the time that they push they push it a little bit too much. But you, people kind of come up to you and, and, and give you that look like, it's me. And I think, mate, I, this, I don't... <laughs> I speak to so many people. I have no offense. I have no idea who you are. And they almost yeah. get upset. I'm like, you know, I, 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 you know, unless you've got some like weird name or you've got a very like recognizable face, then I'll go, Oh, it's, it's you. But like mm. nine times out of 10, mate, like I've been in petrol stations. They go, Oh, it's Tom. <laughs> I don't, I, I, I'm sorry, mate. I really don't enjoy your night, but I don't know who you are. Yeah. I can't imagine. I remember being at a bodybuilding show once and I was backstage and she went, hi. Yeah. I was yeah. like, I'm yeah. meant to know you. And it turns yeah. out she'd messaged me once like three years ago. Like it wasn't yeah, even yeah, someone yeah. I regularly had conversation with. And I was like, I've just got no idea who this person yeah. is. Just go with it and just make up a name as well. Just go, what, Steve? Because <laughs> they'll just say, yeah, at the end of the day. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. So when you're away, um, how do you take your journal with you? How does your routine differ? I mean, I know you're going this time to be in routine and live your life as it is there. Yeah. out there but do you feel like coming home you needed to come home and get routine back or did you do the things that make you feel good in a yeah sense? yeah so I didn't take a journal out there with me this time but I still sort of woke up stretched a little bit of meditation in the morning kind of kind of cemented that part of the, the, the regular routine but there was no kind of structure with food there was no real structure with kind of training which was nice you know when when you when you're so regimented having four or five days when you're off is actually really, really nice. But then you get to that sort of fifth day and go, right, I'm, I need to get my routine back here. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't, I can't go to another beach club. I can't, you know, I've had a bit too much whispering angel here. I need to kind of, I need to rein it in a little bit. I need some fruit. Do you know what I mean? Like weird yeah. things like that. So uh, it was nice. There was no, there was no real structure. And like I said, after a 20, 20 week prep of being so on the money when it comes down to, right, I've got to eat, train, sleep at this time. It's actually really nice to have nothing to, to almost do or, or anyone to answer to. But uh, yeah, I can only really withstand that for quite a short period of time before I start getting that, right, I need my fitness pal. I need my scales. I need my scales back. So uh, yeah, it was nice. But as for journaling, I left that here. But like I said, I still implemented some form of routine in terms of like the, the morning, the morning get up and go a little, little black coffee and things like that. Just, just small things that kind of I can relate to back home. Mm-hmm. would you reckon you take it with you this time or yeah, you- yeah 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 100 percent, 100 percent. i took it i've taken i took it with me to all my show or two of them two, two of my shows this this uh this time around and and like what a time to write how you're feeling on show day yeah. so it, it was fantastic and i think that that particular element of being able to journal on show day actually alleviate quite a lot of stress that i'd usually hold on show day so that was really really nice yeah what what first got you into journaling? I think it was I think I was listening to a podcast or is it Atomic Habit? Yeah, Atomic Habits, the book. Yeah. So it, that book is like life changing, mm-hmm. and it's so weird because what's in it is so simple, but it's so simple and effective that you think you can't, you kind of overlook it, don't you? Hundred percent. Yeah. And every page, every page is like, oh my god. Mm. fuck yeah that's so true and then i kind of started listening to his uh he did a podcast with london real and i think i'm uh, he's got like an email list so it yeah I, I pulled it from there really i've heard it i've heard the word thrown about quite a bit and i and i saw joe brightman started and i i always had this sort of alpha male like we putting feelings in pages for do you know what i mean like yeah. do you know what i mean and then i kind of 
stripped that back and then started in it. Yeah, it was like the best thing. One of, one of the best things this year. It was really, really nice. When did you start it? I think it was when I was going through stuff at home. So back in about February. So it's been about five, six months. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the particular book is called Mind Journal. And they kind of give you, they kind of trigger what to write in there. So it's not just like blank pages. It each day changes and it kind of pulls on different emotions, which is great. But I get a lot of questions like, what are you writing? So people say, what do you write in your journal? It's like, well, that's a bit personal. Yeah, 100%. I so I don't really know what to tell you here. Like, so I just say, I just write my emotions. And they go, well, is that it? I'm like, well, like, do you want me to tell you how I'm feeling? Like, <laughs> just go and get a journal and read it and, and see, see what you want to write and kind of get off your chest. Yeah, I always encourage people. Um, I've always spoken quite a lot about journaling. It was something that I always tried to get into um, mm. because I was like, right, I feel like a lot. So basically, I'm a life coach as well as an online coach. Okay. And um, I was telling all my clients as like in part of the qualification, they were talking about journaling and I'd be telling a lot of my clients to do it and I was never actually doing it myself. Mm. And I started talking about it quite a lot on Instagram. And then when I saw you talking about it, I was like, right, this is cool. Because I, I think, like you say, a lot of guys think it is just like hippie shit. Of, yeah. You know, let's talk about how we're feeling, have tears at the table. Yeah. Like, and it, and it is so much more than that. But the one thing that I struggled with, it was at the beginning, I'd be start, sitting there with a blank page. Mm. And I'd be like, what am I meant to write? Yeah, like, yeah, I'm yeah. feeling a little bit sad today. And, like, and then you just yeah, think, yeah. what am I doing? But choosing something like a guided journal, like mm. the Mind Journal, where it encourages you to answer questions, I think is, yeah. can be such a good place to start in terms of like getting someone to open up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a couple of the guys on the Ibiza Classic Transformation Challenge at the moment are going through some issues. And I, I said, look, here you go. And they're like, this is amazing. Like the two, mm. two weeks, I, I gave a journal to my dad for Father's Day and he's, he's been loving it. So yeah, it's, it's really, really positive. Yeah. Do you ever feel like, when you're in a negative space that it can be hard to journal? Not really, just because it makes me feel so much better when okay. I can, I can like at that particular time, say, say how I'm feeling. But I can, I can understand there's been, there's been a couple of times where I've just been sort of so at the bottom of the barrel where even the, the process of writing that I'm at the bottom of the barrel is too much. Mm. I just want to like, lays about in bed all day yeah but yeah. uh yeah there's been a couple of occasions whereby like, i just think i don't i don't I don't need to it's like to myself i know i'm down i don't need to tell my journal i'm down mm-hmm. but yeah i think it's important once you kind of stick to that routine and uh find yourself you, that that it turns into a habit to the point whereby you want to journal every morning mm-hmm. yeah definitely um would you ever think about incorporating that in terms of like a business perspective in terms of like bringing out your own journal yeah, it's 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 really tricky because I'm always in the position whereby I don't want to appear like I'm kind of stepping out of my lane kind of mm. thing. Do you know what I mean? So if I were to ever go down any any form of not necessarily counseling counseling or, or, or mental health route, it would it would be a case of if I am going to do this, then let's get some form of qualification or or, or some form of. Uh, deeper understanding but like I said having my mum there as a psychiatric nurse who's been in doing doing her thing for 20-25 years that's almost like the best possible you know because she's constantly evolving and constantly kind of understanding yeah. so uh, it's definitely something and it's, it's something that, that, that comes quite naturally and, and something that alongside the, the check-in about training and nutrition having four or five minutes to talk about how, how 
things are going outside of, of, of that world is so beneficial because as a, as an online coach, it shouldn't just be, here's your macros, here's your training, mm. you know, because we need to understand that at some point what's going on in someone's life is going to impact training or nutrition. So let's get to the bottom of that before we kind of take your food down or, or, or push you a little bit harder. So yeah, definitely. I, I would definitely consider it in the future, but like I said, I'd need, I'd feel like I'd be doing a bit of a disservice and I would need some form of better knowledge and education to it. Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see if you do go down that route, because that's exactly what I did. So it was coming very naturally to me and I was almost feeling like, okay, I need to get a qualification just so that I can say, actually, I'm, you know, I'm not just talking shit here. Like this is actually, and it was interesting because I, I felt like I didn't really learn anything, which was almost quite reassuring actually, which I know sounds really stupid. Like, and there are obviously aspects of like going about things that I learned, but Mm. a lot of it actually came quite naturally. I reckon it probably would to you as well. And it's interesting yeah, to see actually, but you feel yeah. like you do need to just to get the credentials just, just in of case. Course, yeah. And that's similar to like when I jump on any sort of marketing and advertising courses, and I think I'm doing that. Mm. So it's, it's good. It's good. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a well done. It's a good feeling. Yeah, definitely. Um, how do you feel like your headspace is, is now then? Yeah, it's good. It's good post-show. It's exciting. Like I said, it's, uh, it's quite nerve wracking kind of stripping, your old business model and starting a new one, mm-hmm. but it keeps you alive. You know, I can't, I, I take these feelings for granted because if, if you, if you kind of just continue, it's just, uh, you're, you're you feel like you're smashing your head against the brick wall sometimes. Yeah, of course. So I, I take, I take it and it's, it's nice. It's, it's, uh, it's good. You know, I have my ups and downs I, I, as, as does everyone of my good days and my bad days. And, mm-hmm. uh, I always, it's very hard for me when I, when I, if I, if I don't have that routine, like the last few days, because I've been self-isolating and I haven't been able to kind of get in my routine, I've just felt my like head space dive mm. in the space of like three or four days, which is crazy, you know? So I've always kind of had that. I think that stems from, from starting secondary school. So I moved from, from Lucian where I grew up into, into uh, like Hayes Bromley and that kind of transition going into year seven has, has scarred me quite deeply, I think. So when I, I get very attached to things and when they're gone, I, I spiral. So if I go to my Bayer and, and that particular life style and routine, I get very attached to it very quickly. And when it's gone, I, I drop very hard and I have to really kind of like have a word with myself. And, I, and I, that, that, you know, that happens even at 27, 28 now. And uh, one way of, of kind of, counteracting that is ensuring that when I'm back, I've got that routine. So this time around, it's right. I kind of said to myself, I'm self quarantining and I can't go to the gym, but we've got podcasts, we've got business, we've got Instagram, we've got YouTube and mm-hmm. we can edit. We can still have our little coffee and, and meditate and journal. So yeah, it, it, it's, it's, I'm in a, in a good headspace, but I'm just kind of still a little bit up and down, up and down, up and down, which I think is just like life in Part general. Of life, yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, what happened when you moved, if you don't mind me asking? Into into year seven, yeah. It was oh, it was every, no one knew no one. It was just sort of typical case of going to secondary school, very very isolated, very emotional. Wanted to go back to kind of Forest Hill, Lucian, where I uh, where I grew up, and I couldn't. It got to a point where my mum and dad were like, like he, "I'm so emotional. Maybe it's, we need to take him back." But then you know, you kind of as each week goes on, you start speaking to someone new, and I was getting. I was getting support at school, which was, which was really nice. It was cool. So every, every Friday, I think it was, I was getting some form of like counseling or, or help, 
which was like it was really good. And then kind of towards the tail end of year seven, f- fit into like a, a like a group that were that were actually from my old area. Okay. So you, you kind of migrate to the, the you know the those individuals, and then uh, yeah, by year eight it was cool. But yeah, it was a tough tough old twelve months. How do you feel like you're therefore talking about attachment? Do you, how do you feel like that impacts your life to this day? Obviously, I know you say you get attached to certain lifestyles. Yeah. Do you feel like therefore starting afresh or leaving things behind can be quite difficult? Or do you find that you, because you get so attached, you start something fresh and you're in it? Yeah, that, that, yeah, the latter. And movement, obviously. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, the, the latter. So when, when something new does arise, it's very much like I'm going all in. Like I, I can't really do things by half measures. It just doesn't come naturally to me. So like with the Ibiza Classic, I spent quite a few months with the marketing and 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 studying images and logos and designs and colours. So when I, when a new project comes to light, I love it. I absolutely love it. And I, and I jump in and, it, and it's really good for me. It's very good for me. Yeah. Do you find that in terms of like relationships, not like necessarily romantic, but in terms of like friendships and things as well, do yeah. you find that you're quite all or nothing? Yeah, definitely. And I'm, I'm, I, I, uh, yeah, 100%. And I think as you get, as you get older, your kind of friendship group, that that circle gets smaller and smaller, but it it strengthens. Mm -hmm. So the people that I'm friends with now, I'm probably going to be friends with until the day like I die. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and we all kind of know that. So yeah, I'm, I'm definitely an all or nothing person. I'm also, I, I can, you know, I'm very protective of my friends as well. Well, I think everyone is, but um, I've I've always been that guy. If it's anybody ever kicking off when we're out, I'm the first there. I'm like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's yeah. almost a little bit embarrassing sometimes. But <laughs> I, I do have this quite protective uh, feeling towards a lot of them, and you know, and, and if you're in my circle, you're in my circle. Yeah. Do you struggle to let people in because of knowing how attached you get? Mm, yeah, I suppose I do. I suppose I do, and and the, what what you probably see on social media, you you don't get when I first when you first meet me. Mm-hmm. Like if I walk into a room, I'm very quiet. I'm very introvert. I'm exactly the it, same. It, it takes a long time for me to kind of be Tom, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, there's not many people that get to experience the true me. Probably like a handful of people, like my friends and and, and previous relationships and and family members. So yeah, it does take a long, not a long time, because if there's that mutual level of respect then you know and they're a bit weird too it's like oh cool it's like be weird together here and (laughs) and you and you pick up on people's humor and I suppose I've got my humor is a bit different compared to a lot of people's and sometimes you kind of you say a joke and people don't get you think maybe we're not going to be friends yeah yeah. (laughs) no like like, when we went to America and some of the boys went to, to Vegas and they this sort of dry English humor just didn't work like, no, it doesn't, does yeah, it? What do you mean? It's like, you know, <laughs> you ruined explain, it by now making it. I have to explain it. my joke. Yeah, it's not how it works, I'm afraid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's shocking. Um, so, the person that you put across, and, and I say it because I, I completely relate to it. Like, everyone thinks that I'm very confident because they're like, yeah, but you speak to a camera. And I'm like, I find it easier to speak to a camera than I do to speak to yeah. people. I mean, when we started this podcast, I was starting all over the place. Yeah. I could, like, it just, it's my natural instinct to be to be quite introverted and, and it mm. takes me a while personally. <clears throat> do you feel like you put across a facade mm. or do you think like, how do you respond in those situations when you're, when you don't feel comfortable being yourself yet? Yeah. yeah I'm, it's, 
it's weird. I think one, <clears throat> I think one of the biggest areas for me when I had this kind of self-reflective period during prep is that it gave me the ability to kind of look back and kind of examine and dissect myself. And I was like, I've, you know, there's been times where I've almost turned into my ego that is TM Cycles. Do you know what I mean? So I kind mm. of put out this, this almost like Flash McGregor kind of person. And even, even like my most recent, my Bayer trip, you kind of look back and think, why have I, take, why have I taken that picture? Like, why have I done, I just, like, what, who am I trying to please here? Mm. I'm, trying to please, I'm trying to please a select few on Instagram that look at it and go, oh yeah, well, yeah. Like, but that's, like, that's not me. So mm. stop doing that. Do you know what I mean? But you get, you, I think you get lost in it and it, it's quite hard sometimes to go, right, that isn't, this is, this is who you are. Stop, stop being, you know, you don't need to please anyone. You don't need to go down this route. So, it, it, you know, you kind of back, backpedal a little bit. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, it just comes naturally to be who I am on camera. So I'm, like me on camera isn't fake. It's just that you, not many people see that because, you know, they're not, I don't know, can you sort of understand where I'm coming from? Like, I'm, there's yeah. no way I'm going to walk into a room and be like, oh, I'm team cycles. Like, <laughs> just, just, just because I, I'm, I'd get a little bit too embarrassed. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I used to be the kid. I used to be that kid when they, when the teacher asked me a question, I go bright red. Yeah. I mean, and I still kind of get that now, even at the airport, they'll call my name and I think, oh, fucking hell, yeah. <laughs> Pretend you haven't heard. Yeah, that's Where me. Where are my AirPods? <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally, literally. So, yeah, and it just feels, it just feels comfortable speaking on camera because there's no pressure, is there? No one's mm. about. If you fuck up on camera, you do it again. Yeah. But uh, it's like one of my, one of my favourite gamers or streamers is Dr. Disrespect. And, and, you know, if you watch Dr. Disrespect... You probably don't know, don't know him or, or seen him, but I've heard he's the guy of the the guy of the mustache. If you check him out, even if, like twenty seconds of tuning in on him, you think well, this guy's mad. Like this is this is incredible. He's crazy. He's confident. He's arrogant. But you listen to him in like a podcast, and he says that he's the total opposite. Mm. Like he and you know he's this big six foot seven guy. He's so introverted. So yeah, it's it's weird. It almost sometimes is like a bit of a release. This being able to be this person on camera. Yeah. Definitely. And I think especially like if you've had periods of time, like you say, where you have been struggling, it, it can be easier, like you say, not to talk to the people around you, I think sometimes because you're like, well, you know too much. Yeah. Actually, if I can just be this person where I can put on a bit of a facade, mm. I do it. Like I do when I personal train, I say the same things. Like when someone says like, are you okay? Obviously I'm not going to go, you know what? I'm actually having a really shit day. Like yeah. that's not your, that's not your place. It's their place to offload. Yeah. And then, and it's not a case of being fake as such. It's just nice mm. to not always have to listen to yeah. like the voices or whatever you like, however you want to put it. Absolutely. But then like when you, you can't get away with that with your friends. Cause when, oh, no. like even my mum, she says, my mum will actually, my mum's so good that she'll see, she'll, what, I mean, she follows me on Instagram and uh, she will get, she's so good that she'll watch my stories and ring me and say, what's up? And I go, fuck me. How the hell do you, like, she's yeah. like, I know, I, you're my son. Like, I know you've known him for 27 years. Mm. I know when you're when you when you're pretending that you're having a good time, and when you are having a good time. I think. Yeah. Uh, even my friends now. My, my best friend, friend does uh, the same thing to me. Yeah. Even I was away in like my bear last week, and I think a couple of boys were worried about you know being so isolated on prep that they said, you know, everything good. And, you know, I said, yeah, look, like I'm back now. Prep's done. We went out the other day. The football was on. It was nice to regroup, and they're like, yeah, cool. We're kind of back in the room. But yeah, it, it's so nice to have that it really is to have that, that, that aspect of people caring about you. Yeah, a hundred percent. And like I said, it, it shows that you have been able to be authentic with them a hundred percent. Yeah. 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 Yeah, definitely. So 
in terms of like how you will treat Marbella like this next time, mm. what have you learned from that? I know you said about like, there's some things that you put on that you'd be like, why have I done that? What have you yeah. learned about yourself from that? Yeah. I mean, that's just like a jet. I mean, I do that prior to Marbella, you know, yeah, I yeah. kind of go through these weird patches whereby I'm like, stop it. Just mm. like, you don't like, you're not that guy. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just going back out there to to get back into my routine just to, I mean, it's just nice to go and work, do cardio, train, eat good mm-hmm. food in, in that particular environment. And so the weather. Be, yeah, the weather. I mean, it's like 30, mid thirties over there. I'm still going to go to sort of the beach clubs and I'm still going to go out, but I'm just not going to document it. It's not going to be in your face. And I think the reason why... I felt like I needed to do that this or last time around is because my followers hadn't seen that for some time mm-hmm. because of, because of lockdown, because of prep, it's almost a bit like guys, it's still me. I'm like, here you go. Yeah. I'm still yeah. dancing. Okay. I haven't gone anywhere. So it's kind of giving into that aspect, but they don't, they don't need to do that. That's interesting because obviously like at the beginning of the podcast, when I said, do you feel like you've got pressure to mm. post certain things? You said, mm. no. Yes. Yeah. You're well done. Yeah. 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 I suppose. Yeah. So I suppose there is an element of having to kind of appear to be this guy, Mm. you know, but it's weird because it's, I don't really see it as pressure because I do. It's a little part of me that enjoys it. it. You know? Yeah. It's nice to look back on as well. Yeah, exactly. I want to show people that I'm eating very nice food at this Mm. restaurant. But then there's a couple of times where like, I don't need to, like, that's a little bit too intimate. Like, I don't really need to get, you know, do that. Who am I trying to please here, really? Yeah, 100%. And I think, like you say, when you do get, like, good responses from things mm. um, or, like, people being like, oh, like, lads, banter, whatever. Yeah. It, it, it feeds into that, that, oh, my God, I'm doing it right. Like, mm. this is what people want to see because mm-hmm. you get a good response from it. And I think that's why when it can be so easy to lose yourself in this, like, yeah. social media whirlwind yeah most definitely do you feel like you've you've ever lost yourself on social media um, by trying to be, pretend pretend to be someone you're not i think i've been quite close to i don't mm-hmm. think I, I don't think it's fully gone i think i've just caught it in time so i don't think i've ever lost myself no because i've always kind of my you know i've always been quite open and, and haven't swayed from what i stand for mm-hmm. do you know what i mean i haven't ever kind of promoted anything i don't believe in or or anything down that route. I've always stopped myself. So no, I don't think I've ever lost myself. No. How did you, how did you nip it in the bud? How did you stop that happening? Just got very emotional on camera. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, and, and instead of, I remember like doing, I remember filming myself and I was like, do I really want to post? So I think I need to post it. Cause I need to show people that, you know, the old T, the old Tom needs to come back now. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, it goes to your head very quickly. You do a prep, you, you, that was like my second prep whereby I had a little bit of a bigger following than my junior prep. Cause when I was competing there as a, as a, as a kid, I didn't have a following. So my second prep, I had about 15 K followers and about like 30 K on YouTube. So it was, it was somewhat respectable and you, you know, you, you're in good shape and you start getting attention and it goes to your head a little bit and you kind of spiral and then you go to somewhere like Ibiza and you take God knows what. And it just, you really, it really kind of catches up. So at that point I was like, right, I need to have a word with myself here and have a word with my followers and say, look, it's got a bit, bit messy here. Mm. And then from that point on, it was like right back into the, the, the usual Tom. Yeah. Um, one of the last points that, that links into what you're talking about in terms of taking God knows what in Ibiza, do you mm. feel like, taking anabolics has ever impacted your mental health? Hugely, 
hugely. I think it's an area that, that, that bodybuilders in particular are very stubborn and very like, no, it's not affecting me. It's like, no, it is. And more research is coming to light now about the, the implications of certain compounds, not necessarily just steroids in general, because mm-hmm. when you look at the likes of testosterone and growth hormone and, and how positive it is, then you can't kind of group them in the same. It's a, mm-hmm. But then you look at compounds like Tren and, and certain orals that have such disastrous effects and you can feel it. Like when I, if I bump up my dose of trend, I just feel like I'm invincible. And I just think like I can speak to people the way I want. And I'm in the car and I'm like, fuck, do you know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. that's, and, and I can jet and people can see it as well. Like previous relationships have been, Oh God, I don't, I don't want you to go on that. And, and which is fucking horrific. Mm-hmm. Like you're taking that on board and you're still ignoring it. Like, and that's an area that I really despise about myself is that, is that you, I got so wrapped up in the bodybuilding world that I was still taking it despite its effects. But yeah, hugely, hugely. And, and I feel it when I, when I dip back down into a cruise, like just a, a kind of normal level of testosterone whereby my levels are natural, mm-hmm. I just feel like I, I feel normal. I feel human. And then when you kind of bump your testosterone up, obviously testosterone being the main sex, male sex hormone, if that is elevated, you are going to have this, mm. this persona that you, you do, do this and that, which is, we you know, it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's, it's natural. It's going to happen. But most definitely the, the influx of anabolics is having huge, huge effects. I think long-term as well, I think we need to be very careful because it, it, acute, may, may, maybe not, but you take cycle after cycle, that, that adds up. Will you, is it something that you think you'll continue doing? Like, no, I'm off. I'm I'm coming straight off when when I think we've got another four or so weeks to, to kind of clear, and then yeah, towards sort of end of summer, Christmas time is when we'll come off and and take the desired required post cycle therapy and uh, and cycle off, which is yeah, it's both kind of daunting and exciting at the same time. Yeah, it's interesting that you feel like you you can't listen to that those people around you who are telling you that you act different. Mm, yeah when you're when you're quite aware of your mental health do you think it can be mm. can be sort of damaging to people who aren't as self-aware as you yeah massively because you're so hell-bent on right i need to look like this mm. like no matter what you say it, yeah. which is awful like it's, it's absolutely horrific that you can put yourself in a position whereby like a, a long-term relationship is seemingly less important than a fucking a trophy or a medal because you mm. have to take these anabolics it's absolutely terrible, you know. And like I said, it's an area in which I look back and really kind of, I don't really have regrets. I don't really like using the word regrets mm. because you learn, right? You 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 learn from from mistakes. But it's definitely it's a it's an area that I think I can see creeping in a lot more and a lot, you know, as the following increases, so does the direct messages. And along with those messages, like hi mate, I'm in a relationship and I've taken this and this is happening. It's like, well, stop it then. Like, fucking hell. What's more important to you? And when I do ask them that, they go, oh, shit, yeah, you're right. But I think for them, what's most important is going on stage and that trophy. But if I can be that kind of counterbalance and say, mm. no, it's not, is it? Let's be honest. Like, you've built a seven, eight-year relationship and you think that's less important than how you subjectively place on a bodybuilding stage. Remember, because you could rock up on show day and the judges... I've been there before. I've rock up on show day and the judges say, I don't really like your physique. Mm. Uh, that, happened, that happened at my second classic show. I won the first time. Exactly the same show went in the second time and nothing. And I think, what? Mm. I've just done 20 week prep for that. Oh, and then what have, you, what have you lost outside of prep? Exactly. So I've not placed, I've lost friendship, lost not my relationship, but my relationship's been affected. And, I, mm. and, and 
what have I got now? Yeah. yeah so that, that's another area that what a reason why I'm stepping away from the bodybuilding world and the bodybuilding stage is, 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 is that. Because you recognize it's not good for you. Yeah. No, it's not, it's not good for you. It's, it was, it was fun. It was, it was nice. And the stage will always be there and never say never, you know, they, we, we, you've got masters that, that look fantastic and they compete at like 40 years old mm. and, and the stage will always be there. And if I ever feel like I can kind of, or I'm at a mature point where I, where I can go through it. But even, even now, 27, 28, I remember saying at the start of prep, no, nah, it's not going to happen again. I'm not going to have this kind of ego. It's going to create, and then bang, out of nowhere, there it is. And I couldn't control it. So, yeah, uh, yeah bodybuilding for me, is it, 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 me and bodybuilding don't really mix very well, if I'm honest. I think like that can be the detriment. Like I think to get into bodybuilding, you have to be a very all or nothing person. I think yeah. there's like, you can't deny that at all. But yeah. I think, equally like that can be the reason why it is so all-consuming mm. because you don't know how to create that balance yeah it, but you, yeah like you said it's you you can't if you if you want to do well on a bodybuilding stage even at amateur level you can't have that balance mm. now you, know, you can't, you oh, can't go out standard. and it's, as, as much as you kind of can probably get away with going to a restaurant or a nando's it just it doesn't work mm. you know you, you almost have to say to your partner at the time look i'm off um, that you ain't this I'm off for four or five months yeah. you know and, and you know and, and credit to your partner if they accept it and they go yeah that's fine and which a lot of them do but even when they do accept it it's still very tough mm. very very hard in terms of and I don't want to dive too much into it um, I respect your privacy but do mm. you find that it was harder dating someone who wasn't in the industry as such mm. in terms of that understanding I, I don't know because there's a, not really no I, I I've always liked that element of 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 my partner not necessarily being in the industry mm-hmm. um I don't I don't I'm not too sure why but yeah I mean it's a tricky one it's, it's, it's a tricky one because you you kind of you just put yourself in a position whereby you have to feel like you ex because they don't know you just then have to simply explain mm-hmm. which is fine you know that i think one one key area with regard to like longevity with the relationship is is having is having open discussions and and once they do understand then it, then it's okay to some to some degree mm-hmm. but then you kind of look at people i've got friends that have had um partners in in that have prepped together and that's just like a mess mm. like two people prepping for a bodybuilding show that love each other it's just like i mean that sounds like a nightmare for my, friend, my friends they take it in turns to prep yeah yeah they're like you do this year i'll do next year because the yeah, two of us together I, we a fucking nightmare yeah i could never put myself in a position where there's 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 me and another me doing that like mm. jesus christ yeah. so i suppose this prep's been nice in an almost in in somewhat um in some sense that i've kind of gone at it like alone if you know what i mean so i've been able to be moody and no one's getting affected yeah apart from my my dog maybe but yeah he still (laughs) he still gets walked and he still gets fed so yeah there's still steps to do so he's got yeah exactly exactly and he's actually it's been fantastic to have a little guy along um so yeah it, it yeah it's an odd one yeah uh just to finish off i just want to ask you the questions that i ask everyone on the podcast yeah um so what is one thing that you regret or don't regret um about posting on social media that you kind of wish you hadn't i know we've kind of touched on it but for this yeah that just there's there's some things i regret 
that are going to have, because you forget who follows you, don't you? And you, some people follow, have followed you for years and know what person you are. So when you post something, they go, it's not, that's not you. Mm. And that, and that kind of kicks you a little bit. You think, oh shit. Yeah. I completely. So uh, jump, jumping into things slightly too quickly that kind of give off the, a, a particular, you know, image that not necessarily you regret, regret. You just have to kind of ground yourself mm. a little bit. Yeah. So I'd say that that's one area. And then what's the one thing that you never posted about, which you wish you had? Like maybe that's because you think it would help someone or even just having it for documenting yourself. Yeah, I don't think there's anything that I've... What was the question? What have I ever wanted to What have you not post? posted that you wish you had at the time? Like now you go, oh, I wish I'd done that. Yeah, I don't think there's anything. Okay. I'm very, very open with like what I post. A bit too open sometimes. Mm-hmm. But it's never, there's never been... I've never really had that. And there's been certain things I've held back because I've wanted to hold back and because people don't really need to know. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I've never really been in that position. That's good. That's good. Yeah, um, yeah. So where can people find you? Just give yourself a little bit of a... If yeah, it's, 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 it's TM Cycles. TM Cycles, all one word. I'm, I'm not shadow banned anymore. I went for a really like shadow ban patch because I was talking about COVID so much. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, it's like, and no one could find me. I was like, why is my following stagnated? And it was because I kept talking about... COVID. I mean, the, <laughs> the the censorship at the moment on Instagram and social media with regards to like va- vaccines is terrible. So I've just completely, I've, I've completely steered clear from anything political, anything sort of religious now. So uh, yeah, yeah, TM Cycles that goes for YouTube and uh, from Instagram as well. And when will Flow be launching? That'll be launching in a couple of months' time. I'm just finishing the Ibiza Classic Transformation clients, mm-hmm. and I think quite a few of them want to kind of continue. So we are getting in the groundwork for a few courses as well. I'm going down a lot more of a kind of functional fitness and Olympic-style lifting route. So the gym that I was training at during lockdown, 7R, has a, a fantastic coach, Joe. And uh, just got my squat shoes today. Got some squat shoes that I'm very, they look very nice. The Nike can't remember, can't remember the name, but they they look good. Romeo. That's the Romeo's, one. Yeah, Romeo's, yeah, literally. Like they, yeah. they look too, I feel like I don't want to wear them. They just look so pristine. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> we're, we're in the gym tomorrow, kind of experimenting new, new, new styles and, and back squatting and front squatting again. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's, it's a kind of new chapter of my life and I'm, I'm very excited. Yeah, and I'm sure me along with everyone else is excited to follow along. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Thank you for your time. Thank you.